I want to, uh, we're getting ready to do a baptism outside uh, here shortly, and I'm really excited about that. And we have great weather, so that's fantastic. It's always good when you have baptism scheduled to be outside that it's not stormy or cold. Um, and so I'm very grateful that God has given us good weather. I mean, we did our first one here the week. Was it Palm Sunday? Yeah, Palm Sunday. And, you know, you're rolling the dice when you're doing the first weekend in April. We're going to do an outdoor baptism. It could be a polar bear plunge out there. But it was nice and warm when we went out there, and it was beautiful then. It's beautiful today. Our next baptism is going to be June the 25th, and we're going to, we're going to be having an outdoor service on June the 25th. And so I want you to know I am super excited about that. Details will follow, and I'm uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I want to uh, just take a minute to tell you what baptism is. Baptism is a, is a moment in a person's life when they've come to faith. We practice what's called believer's baptism, water baptism, uh, because what we read in the New Testament is that when someone comes to faith in Jesus, their first step of obedience in um, upon coming to faith in Jesus is to follow him in baptism. And the reason for that is because it is an outward sign of an inward decision. It's, it's a sign of going from death down in the water to life when you raise up out of the water. Um, and it's the water is, is not just a going down into what the old-time preachers used to call the watery grave. Uh, it's like going down into the river. Uh, even Jesus was baptized, not because of sin, but because he was fulfilling. You, if you've learned anything about Jesus, you've probably heard it said of him that he fulfilled all Old Testament commands. He fulfilled all Old Testament righteousness. John the Baptist was the, was the hinge prophet. He was the one that took us from Old Testament to New Testament. Jesus said about him, there's been no one born among men who was greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist came preaching righteousness and a baptism of repentance for the people of Israel. They were people who already had faith that he was calling them to come out and to picture that they were turning from any idolatry or turning from any sin, and they were, they were recommitting their lives to, to follow God wholeheartedly. When Jesus walked up on the scene and he saw uh, John and John saw him, John looked at him and said, I don't, I don't need to baptize you. You're the one that I've been saying was coming. And Jesus said, permit it to be so for now. And the reason for that was so that all the Old Testament commands would be fulfilled. And John was that last one that was preaching anything of an Old Testament message. And so when Jesus was baptized by John, that's why he was doing it, because there's not one command that was given for the whole. Uh, there were specific commands given to certain people that Jesus wasn't required to fulfill. But anything that was commanded for righteousness, Jesus did that so that all righteousness would be fulfilled in him. Anything that could be done for God in obedience was done in the person of Jesus. You all understand that? Anything that could be done for God was done in the person of Jesus. So that's why Jesus was baptized. Not because he needed to be cleansed from anything, but because he was doing the will of God 
The reason for that, everybody pay attention to this, was because nobody else on planet Earth had done that. You see, when Adam and Eve uh, were here uh, in the book of Genesis, for those of you that are uh, aware of the biblical story, way back in the beginning of the Bible, we're, we're taught a creation account. And in the creation account, Adam and Eve were put into a perfect environment. But even there, they, they rebelled. Uh, Eve took the, the forbidden fruit, and I won't go too deeply into it, but I'll just say she, she took it. Adam was passive, silent, didn't help the situation, and he was the one that was actually pronounced guilty because he was the one that had heard, had it declared unto him that he was not to eat from that tree, he wasn't to eat from that tree. He was to eat. He was to. He was to eat from any other tree except for one. But he ate fruit from the knowledge of good and evil with Eve. Now, interestingly, from that moment on, there was a curse pronounced, and all the children of Adam and Eve, from that moment on, also they had that that DNA, that that guilt, that that curse pronounced on them, and both by inheritance and by practice, they sinned. Let me ask you a question. You may be sitting there and resisting that a little bit, but I want to ask you a question. How many of you have been around toddlers? Do you have to tell them to say no? Does anybody make a toddler disobey, or is it just do they just do it? Little curtain climbers, they, they just do what they want to do everything is about them right i mean it's just it's 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 been passed on there's there's guilt by practice because it's been passed on i want you to understand god always had a way of saving and it was always by grace through faith always even in the old testament a lot of people think well in the old testament they were saved by works no they were not they were saved by grace through faith in the old testament uh, the way that, that that worked itself out. Today, we follow Jesus. Our faith is in Jesus. In the Old Testament, they had faith in the sacrificial system and the law that God had given them there. But it was always, 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 listen to me, always by faith. And there was no cleansing, there was no forgiveness except by the shedding of blood. Now, with that being said, Here's what I want to, to share with you briefly. Um, just one, one thought, one point. I've wrestled uh, with how to pronounce what I want to say to you, but I, I think it's just as simple as one verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that in him, we might become the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Christ. Now, that's a series of sermons if I were to really expound on all of that. But I want you to understand what the Apostle Paul is saying here is that we, we have a Savior in Jesus who left heaven and came to earth to save sinners. He told us that's what he was about. He said it over and over and over again. He told them when they really realized that it was, this was the Messiah, once they realized he was the Son of God, Matthew chapter 16, Mark chapter 8, and, and when, they, when they realized that you are the Son of God, 
from that moment on, he starts walking toward the cross. He starts making his way there because the reason Jesus came was to fulfill righteousness and to pay the penalty for sinful people. And let me tell you, that's every one of us in this room and everyone in the world. Have you ever, have you ever blown it and just felt horrible? You ever felt guilty? And with that guilt, have you ever felt shame? Wow. Some of us have lived with that. I want you to know something before the Lord. God does not want you to live under a curse of guilt and under a cloud of shame. He does not want that for any person on the planet. He bore our iniquities. The reason Jesus went to the cross was to hang there and to pay the penalty for your sin and to pay the penalty for my sin. Jesus went that night. He was falsely accused after for three and a half years doing nothing but good. He lived his whole entire life without sin and then three and a half years of ministry. And now he goes out there and he's falsely accused that he goes in there. They beat him. They pluck his beard. They mock him. They strip him, they flog him, they hit him with a cat of nine tails, which is leather, leather cords with, with, with stones and glass and stuff embedded in them. And they would hit the skin, then they would rip it back off. And they would do that, and they did that 39 times to him. It's an awful thought. They punched him in his face. They plucked his beard. In the Old Testament, it was prophesied that he would be so bruised and beaten, you wouldn't be able to recognize him. Can I be honest? I watched the movie The Passion of the Christ. Hated it. Hated it. I've never been more uncomfortable in a movie in my life. You remember the Mel Gibson movie? If you've not watched it, it's excruciating. I, I, and there, I remember it was in a movie theater and there was somebody that came in there with popcorn. I just wanted, I was like, are you kidding me? By the way, I don't think they were eating it a little bit into the movie. It's, it's awful. But I want you to know that the beating that Jesus took was, was the beating, the justice of God against the anger of God against all sin. The reason Jesus went through what he went through was so that in the end it would not be mistaken. This is the servant of God. This is the suffering servant. Are you all with me? There would be no mistake. Anybody that would be looking for a Savior, anybody that would want forgiveness, anybody that would want salvation to know they had peace with God, they would just have to pay attention to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and they would know all those Old Testament prophecies all of them, there are over 300 of them fulfilled in Jesus. The mathematical likelihood of that happening is, is just, uh, it's infinitely small. It couldn't happen. And yet Jesus did all of that. God did all of this so that you and I could have peace. Peace with him and peace with those around us. In a world that is divided, that is violent, that is brutal, where we live with guilt and shame, and for the love of 
God, I don't understand why people want to heap guilt and shame. and I don't know why we live in a world that is just determined to guilt and shame other people. But we do. But I want you to know something. We serve a great God. And that is not his plan. And you know what he's, he's sent us to Life Point Hampton Roads to do? To be lifters of that darkness. To bring light into the darkness. To bring life into death. And the odd way that we do that is by pointing to the cross and saying, this is the love of God. Jesus paid the penalty for everything you've ever done wrong or ever will do wrong. Jesus, in that moment, when Jesus hung on the cross, it was the first moment in all of eternity that there was any separation between him and the Father. And I want you to understand something. The reason for that was because he, in that moment, took upon himself the sins of the world. God, the Father accepted his sacrifice. They took his body down. They put it in a tomb. They wrapped it. And of course, three days later, we just came out of Easter a few weeks ago. They went down there looking for the body and the body's gone. The body was gone. And Jesus showed himself alive. And he didn't just do it once or twice or three times. For, but over weeks, Jesus showed himself, showed himself to over 500 people at one time. Jesus is alive. Jesus is well. And I want you to know something. If there's a stirring in your heart, I want you to know you may be like me before I met Jesus and thought, I would love to know that I'm forgiven, but I, I, I'm not religious. I just can't live this life. I want you to know something. I lived that way for years. I thought I could, I would love to have a relationship with God. I kind of believe, but I can't be a hypocrite and I know what I like to do. I don't think like a Christian. I don't behave like a Christian. And then I heard a preacher preach this message. God came from heaven to earth for people just like you. God did not send his son into the world to save those who are righteous, but to save those who are unrighteous. The church is not supposed to be a museum for saints. It's supposed to be a hospital for people sick in sin. For people who are dying in their own brokenness. For people who are sad and depressed. The church is supposed to be a place where you can go and get life, not death. It's not about religion. It's the place where God meets with his people and enters into a relationship with them. And so here's what I want you to know. It's at the cross where you meet the love of God. It's at the cross where you see God's justice and God's mercy. It's the, at the cross where justice and mercy had a head-on collision. And in the end, you see God's grace and mercy come out of it alive. So here's what I just want to say to you this morning. You can never find peace and hope and assurance on your own that you put your faith in Jesus. I'll tell you, he can give you peace where there's no peace. He can give you hope where there's no hope. Hallelujah. He can lift your depression. He can release your anxiety. He can restore, listen to me, He can restore relationships. He can break addictions. Can everybody that's ever received life from Jesus just give Him a big round of applause right now?
what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back next week as Mother's Day. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk, we're going to continue the Unlikely Heroes. It's going to be so, so good. I can't wait for you to be here next week. All the moms in the house, raise your hand. Moms, next week we're going to spoil you. We're going to speak to you. We're going to pray for you. So be back. Bring your family. Hey, this is a great time for you to bring your, your kids. Guilt them. Do whatever you got to do. Bring them out here with you. And then the next week, I'm going to preach the, the message. I came today knowing that there would be a possibility that I would end up doing what I'm doing right now. But the reason that I'm doing this is because of this. We're getting ready to go have a water baptism, and we're going to go celebrate people coming to life through faith in Jesus. And for all I know, some of you may still be in a place where you're not spiritually alive. And I want you to celebrate with us as someone who's alive in the Spirit. I want you to be alive. And a matter of fact, I, I would even invite you to join us. Uh, we have T-shirts. We have swimming trunks, bathing suits. We have hair products. <laughs> we, we even have toenail clippers. Uh, if anybody decided they wanted to get baptized at the spur of the moment, we want you to know we're ready for you. We would love to baptize you to symbolize your new life in Jesus. We want to walk with you into life. It's time for you to come from death to life. It's time for you to stop looking at the church and thinking about religion. Hey, let me tell you something. I can't stand religion. I got nothing to offer but a real relationship with a living God. And from my heart, from my fallen and broken heart, I want you to know something. He changed my life. And I know he can change yours. You have to open your heart. You have to say yes. Would you do it right now if you've never done it? Would you do it right now if you've never done it? If you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to encourage you right now, give your heart to Jesus. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, Right now, I just want to encourage you. Would you just, I'm, I've never done this in my life, and I feel so impressed to do it. Would you just stand up if you want to give your heart to Jesus right now? Stand up in your chair. Not in your chair, on the ground. Would you just stand? I, I know if, if, if one of you, because I know somebody wants to give your heart to Jesus, and I truly believe if one of you will stand, that others will join you. Who is it? You're ready to give your heart to Jesus. God bless you. Amen. You might. Anybody else? Who else? Oh, back in the back. God bless you. Yeah, you're in the chair. God bless you. Anybody else? I'm not going to ask you to talk or anything like that. I promise you, I won't embarrass you that bad. Standing is, is probably bad enough. But I want you to know, I think by doing something public, there's something special in your heart. They embarrassed me to death the night I gave my life to Jesus. But boy, it helped seal the deal. Anybody else? I want you to know, and I want you to know, and everybody in here to know, 
that if you've given your heart to Jesus, when you stood up, I believe everything that needed to be said was said right then. But I want to give everybody an opportunity to pray. And so we're going to do it right now as we close. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray for every person in here that they would, they would be able to experience your life, your grace, and your truth. Father, there's probably still a couple more people that need to experience the grace of salvation and forgiveness. But Lord, for these two, they've already indicated it. And so for the sake of anyone else who's a little shy, Lord, I'm going to right now, I'm going to pray with them. But I'm going to ask everybody, if you would, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, would you pray this prayer with me? If you, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, I'm going to ask everybody to pray it together out loud for the sake of those who never have. But would you pray this prayer right now? If you want to give your heart to Jesus and you mean it, I want you to know he's more than willing to offer you his forgiveness. Say, dear Lord, everybody say it out loud with me. Dear Lord, I believe in you. I believe in the cross. I believe in the empty tomb. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Father, for your grace. I give you my heart, Lord. Forgive me, please. Send your spirit into my heart and help me live for you from this point forward. Thank you, Lord for saving me. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to say this. If any of you have never been baptized since you've given your life to Jesus, we'd love to be able to invite you to come and be a part of that with us. If you want to wait for family or something, by all means, feel free to wait. For those of you that just prayed, the two of you, I just want you to know I rejoice with you. I want to speak with you before you leave. Um, but please go to our Next Steps tent on the way out. Take the connection card you were given on your way in. Take the connection card. Put your name and contact information on there. Please make, make sure you stop by the Next Steps tent on the way out. Uh, please do that for us so we can get connected. But I'd love to baptize you. Those of you that can do that today and you feel like you need to be baptized, if you haven't been baptized since you've given your heart to Jesus, then come and do it with us. We've got you taken care of. We had you in mind. We've got towels. We have hair products. We literally have everything. We'd be happy to have you. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for our time. Thank you for your grace. I pray it all in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen.